You are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. This is one of my favorite little lines from scripture. It's so simple, yet it is so powerful. It has so much meaning, uh, even in this day. So the scene here, we're in Matthew chapter 16, and uh, Jesus and the disciples, they're up north. They're actually pretty close to what's modern-day Syria, uh, in a mountainous region. And there's this first encounter before it gets to the conversation between Peter and Jesus. Jesus asks them, who do you say that I am? Elijah, John the Baptist, Jeremiah. But then he emphasizes you more, who do you say that I am? And it's Peter, our first pope, that says you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So all the time, many, if not most Christian denominations out there, Protestants, and even our own for that matter, just don't understand the papacy. They don't understand the Pope. They say there's nowhere, you can't find it in scripture. Uh, There's no proof, there's no basis for it. Um, We'll behold today's readings, all of them basically. We started with Isaiah chapter 22, one of the greatest prophets. He talked about these keys of the house of David, that Jesus is the full fulfillment of. He says, I will place the key of the house of David on Eliakim's shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut, and when he shuts, no one will open. It's like the same exact language we hear in the gospel. Because then in the gospel, after that first question, who do you say that I am? Peter answers powerfully. Things take an even more mystical and uh, forceful turn uh, with Jesus. Speaking now to Peter, he says there's five things. He says, you are Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church. The gates of the netherworld shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That's like the apex. We're telling a story here. And then we come back down. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It's a powerful few sentences he says to him. But let me set the scene further. So I mentioned earlier, they're up in northern Israel, kind of towards Syria, in this mountainous region called Caesarea Philippi. I encourage you to just Google that after Mass. Look up the readings, how to spell it. Because this place, it's magnificent. Where this place is, there's this huge rock face. It's about like 100 feet high at least, just kind of overwhelming. As if you were like in Yosemite, it's not quite that big, but it's just like the sheer mass of rock. But what's unique about this beautiful place though, there's a spring, there's you know, a lot of wildlife, is that at the base of this rock, this massive rock, is a pagan altar that was built there years before that Jesus was even born. It was a pagan Roman altar, and it was the altar uh, to the god Pan one of the most powerful gods for the Roman Empire, and people would come there and make sacrifices to this, you know, quote-unquote God. So Jesus, knowing this, doesn't go to the temple, like the most important rock for the Jews. He takes them way up north to this pagan rock, this overwhelmingly force in the life of Israel, the Holy Land back then. So he takes them there, and that's where he asks those questions. And then when Peter responds, they start that dialogue, So imagine, Jesus and Peter, all the apostles are there, not understanding what's about to happen. And all of a sudden, they're staring at this massive rock face with a pagan altar still in use. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, you are the rock. That's not the rock. That's nothing. That will end. You are the rock upon which I will build my church. Further, if that's not crazy enough that you're the rock, uh, I'm going to give you keys. Keys to the entire kingdom of heaven. In terms of, like, you just said that you're the Messiah, right? You're the Son of God. Pretty cool moment. And now the Son of God is telling you, I'm giving you the keys to my kingdom. It's kind of like crazy talk. 
you, my rock, the keeper of the keys, now have access to heaven, and only you and no one else. Keys to bind and loose, meaning keys to forgive sins, keys to welcome people into the kingdom, keys to keep people out of the kingdom who shouldn't be there, keys to declare what is good and true on earth and what is false and evil, a wolf in sheep's clothing. So brothers and sisters, the papacy is very real. The Pope is real. Our Holy Father, Pope Francis, today, he holds the keys just as much as Peter did that Jesus gave to him. Picture another scene. We were just talking about this you know, beautiful place in Israel. Now, Rome. So most of you could imagine, I'm sure, St. Peter's Basilica, magnificent. You've got St. Peter's Square. Um, so on top of the facade, there's 13 statues. Jesus is at the center. Uh, I think John the Baptist uh, is on his right or left. There's 13 statues total. So if you take Jesus, um, you take out John the Baptist, that leaves 11 apostles. Or it's, it, it comes down to 11 apostles, whatever the numbers are. So that begs the question, there's 12 apostles. Who's the one missing? It's not Judas. It's not Matthias, his replacement. It's Peter. There's no statue of Peter up on the facade. Because right below the facade, right below Jesus with the cross, um, is a big, big window, a big balcony. And it's from that balcony that when we elect a new pope, that he comes out for the first time that we don't need a stone statue of Peter because Peter is still living. That was the intent of, of Michelangelo, of, of the architects, that the statue of Peter is alive and well. And so it's a beautiful image, it's a beautiful thing to pray about, that the Pope is the direct successor, the unbroken chain from Peter. But scripture is also clear, or not clear, depending how you look at it, because Jesus didn't decide all the matters of our faith. Right? He set the firm foundation, he set us on a clear path, he gave us the sacraments, uh, but he gave us the priesthood um, and the Holy Father for a reason. Because he didn't write down a book with all the answers to controversies that would arise in our history, but he did give Peter that authority to bind to loose upon earth. So I think it's a great reminder for us this Sunday to pray for our Holy Father, because we know all too well, just watch the news, we're in a troublesome time in our world, even perhaps in our church. But it's good to know, it's perhaps comforting to know that the church has been around for 2,000 years. She has endured much worse. And it tests us in these moments. Do we believe that the gates of hell will not prevail against it? That we are founded upon a true rock, the rock of Jesus Christ, the rock of Peter. To know that Christ will never be extinguished from this earth, from our community, from our homes. I could be martyred during this mass. Your families could be split up we could all be imprisoned and exiled today. But Christ is still victorious. And our inheritance as his beloved sons and daughters is still heaven. So let's pray for our Holy Father today. Let's pray to St. Peter that, that that sure foundation may be our foundation as well.